Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, as this year began, a lot of people were making career plans. Then, life as we knew it came to a halt. Maybe they wanted a career change. Maybe they wanted that big promotion. And it's not so much that those career questions went away. It's as if they exist in a different plane in time, and we're not existing in that plane right now. Coming up, the first of a few shows on what is happening to women's careers right now and where we might go from here. This has been an utterly weird year in so many ways, and it's not over yet. There's the sadness and grief of COVID for all the people who have died and for the end of normal life, which happened so suddenly. There's the ongoing uncertainty about what life will look like when this pandemic does end. There's the economic fallout, which is happening all around us. And in the midst of such huge considerations, it's not surprising a lot of women are putting ambitions to one side as they focus on the day to day. My guest this week has a bird's eye view on the world of work. Jessie Hempel is a longtime magazine journalist who's now at LinkedIn. In fact, she hosts their weekly podcast on work, Hello Monday. We spoke a couple of weeks ago, just as summer was coming to an end. You have this incredible window onto working people's feelings and what's happening to them right now. What do you know about what women in particular are going through at the moment, whether that's from your own show, from the feedback you get from listeners, or from LinkedIn itself and messages and forums that are posted on LinkedIn? You know, that's the million-dollar question. And like I think a lot of people in a lot of places in the world, not just in the United States, many of our listeners, you know, our show is about the future of work. It's about where careers are going, and how we navigate proactively to put ourselves in the position where we're going to have interesting work that pays well in the future. That is the goal. And before the pandemic, that was a theoretical question. We did a lot of thinking way out. Where's this going in five years? And then the pandemic happened. And suddenly in a moment, we all had to figure out how to work differently. And Honestly, for most of our listeners, male and female, but really for women, it was an emergency that has forced many of our listeners to come to terms with where their career fits in their life, to figure out newly the balance between their work and their other responsibilities, to figure out what to prioritize right now, and how to prioritize what you have to prioritize right now without losing sight of what you want for your career. 
And for many women, their priorities have shifted. We know this anecdotally, and there are some studies to back this up. Women have taken on more of the home stuff during this pandemic. That means overseeing their children's online schooling in addition to doing their own jobs. If you live in the US, your kids may not have gone back to school in person in the last few weeks. Or if they have, they're just going a day or two a week. And who knows how long that'll last. For lots of professional women, including some of Jessie's listeners, this crisis has made them rethink their commitment to their jobs. Jessie has a listener in Florida called Myrna. And she wrote to me and she said, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm a happy lawyer. I've figured out over time how to do my work, sometimes part-time. I can even do parts of my job from home. And I have two kids in elementary school. And the spring was terrible for them. They did not get the attention they needed. School was hard. Trying to tell my elementary school kids to spend hours on Zoom, it feels hopeless. And as I go into the fall, I'm thinking about quitting my job. It's not something I ever thought I wanted to do. I like my career. But my kids, they need this. And honestly, that voice, that voice I hear over and over and over again in different ways. And we'll talk more about the power of that voice in an upcoming show. Now, of course, if you can leave your job, if you don't need two incomes to support yourselves, you're one of the lucky ones. One of my listeners told me a similar story to Mirna's, but the gender roles are flipped. Her husband lost his job early in the pandemic and with it, their health insurance. She has her own consulting business and she loves it, but she quickly landed a full-time job with benefits to support their family. She says he isn't even going to look for another job until the pandemic is over because their two young kids are doing online schooling full-time for the foreseeable future. And she says someone has to manage that and everything that comes with it. She says she knows they're fortunate, but she adds, we've turned our careers upside down because of this. But if you have kids and you're not partnered, this situation is far tougher. Jessie's corresponded with another of her listeners, a nurse on the West Coast, where life is even more complicated because of the wildfires raging there. She has a seven-year-old son, and she used to have a pretty decent childcare situation. Her parents would help out a lot. Some of her friends would help. Then the virus came, and suddenly her parents were out as babysitters. And because of her job as a nurse, even friends were reluctant to care for her son for fear they might be exposed to the virus. What do you do? Just what do you do? (laughs) Well, you piece it together week by week. And it, it should be said, especially for people listening who might be in this position, that this is so exhausting. And also, this is the way that many, many parents and caretakers are making the pandemic work. You know, you get a few weeks leave from your office and score. You're good for three weeks. And then you find a summer camp for your kid and score. You're good for another week. And then you can take your vacation and you've got another week. And you keep piecing it together like that. And, you know, I just talked to this woman in the last two weeks and she was trying to navigate the going back to school piece, which is so complicated, no matter where you are in the country. You know, our child's school is going back on a hybrid model, And the day will start 20 minutes after her work is supposed to start. So she doesn't know what she'll do about that window of care. And then the child will only go two days a week. So what do you do for the other three days? 
and school is starting in less than a month, and she doesn't have answers to these questions. It's a depressing conclusion to come to, that women's careers seem to be suffering more than men's during all this. But at least on the surface, it does seem like that's happening. I think that's true. I also think like this, this is very much a gendered issue, and it's also an economic issue. And it can at times be hard to split those things. And I'll just I'll give you a very personal example. I'm married to a woman, and we have a two-year-old. And actually, he's one and a half. And uh, when we got ready to have a kid, we we sat down and said, well, how are we going to do this? And we live in New York City. It's an expensive place to live. And we realized we needed two incomes in our family. But we also needed for one parent to be the dominant parent, to be the one who made sure that the bills got paid every month, and one parent to be the dominant parent to make sure that the child got to every doctor's appointment. We're going to have to divide the labor. And so we've done that. And what that means is that my over the course of the pandemic, my wife's career has has suffered um, and mine has not. And that you see that playing out in same gendered families in the same way that you see them see it playing out in differently gendered families. What industry is your wife in? What kind of thing does she do? Oh, goodness. She's the director of a preschool. And the heavy sigh is because it's a really, really difficult time to be in the business of childcare. This makes me think about my next question, which is, is anyone rising in their career right now? Is anyone getting promoted? I mean, is that even happening? Yeah, in fact, it's totally happening. And I hear from a lot of those folks too. I hear from folks getting jobs, which is not the storyline that you expect, right? I mean, we're in a moment when it feels like most people around us are furloughed, laid off. But in fact, lots of places are hiring. She recently talked to a startup CEO who'd laid off a bunch of staff in May, but now he was hiring again. Another one of our listeners, a longtime listener, um, she was offered a job at McKinsey the first week in April. She started in May. Um, it, it, so there are two things that I'll say about the job market as it exists right now. Um, it is porous and weird and changing all the time and up and down. And in moments like that, there are opportunities. So people who are like trying to just get like up one rung on the ladder, that's still there for you. And then once you're at the job, it's a weird thing about getting ahead right now. People for whom there are not a lot of other things going on in their lives have had more time to devote to the actual work of work, like so much time, right? And that has led to some people just spiraling ahead. We will talk more about that in a minute. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
So if you don't have kids, it's likely that, as Jesse just said, you've had more time, more headspace to devote to your career since the pandemic started. She says her own team at LinkedIn is one example of this. But just to backtrack for a minute, when everything shut down in mid-March, Jessie and her wife realised they could not expect their nanny to come to their house every day as usual. Like so many others, they had to work out how to juggle, in their case, a toddler with two jobs. And over the next couple of weeks, I never took any days off from my job. I luckily, LinkedIn is an incredibly supportive company. And so they just worked with me. My manager was great about just saying, like, do what you can do right now. But at the same time, as I did my job, I packed as much of my life as I could into my Subaru. My wife and I drove 15 hours to her parents' house in Mississippi. We figured out how to live in her childhood bedroom in the upstairs of our Mississippi home. We figured out how to like adjust my son to a new routine, still doing the job, right? Just early in the mornings and late at night. And it took about a month. And finally, I was like, I got it. I feel normal again. And I looked up and all my colleagues without kids, all of a sudden, they weren't just doing the job. They were doing the job plus. They were doing all the extra things that were allowing them to pilot into this moment and take advantage of all the trends going on and like move our product forward at work. And I was just like, oh, man, like it wasn't enough for me to figure out how to do this. I'm competing with people who don't have this set of responsibilities who just like bested me and I didn't see it coming. And I, I don't know, I I found that really frustrating. And again, I've heard anecdotes along these lines. They've often come from female academics. These women say their career progress is stalling during the pandemic because focusing on their research is pretty much impossible when they have young children hanging off their chairs. While they say many of their male colleagues have been submitting papers as if nothing were happening. As one of you pointed out on Facebook, this does make you wonder what's going to happen at annual review time when some people have just been more able than others to get work done. And talking of children's antics, if you do have small children, one thing you probably hope to avoid but don't is having your offspring appear on your screen, running in and out or sitting on your lap throughout a meeting. Jessie says even though her colleagues make all the right noises, she hates it when this happens. And she says it really is a last resort. So you put your, in my case, I put Jude, my one and a half year old on my knee. If I have him on my knee, it's because everything else has failed us. Like, let's be clear, right? It, it's because he did not eat breakfast. It's because his caretaker did not arrive in time. It's because my wife is on an even more important call. And it's usually because he's mad. And you know, my colleagues, who many of whom don't have children, they want to be supportive. So they say cute things about him. And that's, I mean, that that is really the right way to be supportive, right? But the thing that they don't understand, it's like the secret code that goes with that experience of the parents is that this is awful, that this cute child sitting on my knee is making this meeting impossible for me to actually be present at. She says she can't pay attention more than 20% to the meeting or 20% to her kid. The rest of her mind is taken up with worrying about being both a bad parent and a bad employee. But at least she has a supportive boss. Yeah, here's the thing about Dan, who is my manager, Dan Roth, who runs a new statement at LinkedIn. He 
has three sons. He is also trying to keep his three sons engaged over the course of this like crazy summer. Back when school was still in session, he was responsible actually for some of the school day with one of his sons, which he had to put on his calendar and block out. And on the regular, his sons make appearances in his Zoom. They just show up. They want his attention. They want to play video games. He sometimes has to stop a second, deal with them turn his volume back on. And I know that that's absolutely as aggravating for him as it is for me when my son is on my knee. But it is because he does that that I even feel safe talking to you publicly about how hard this is. Like it is, it is that modeling. And we should not give him extra credit for being a man on this one, but we should give him extra credit for being a manager that models being a great parent. And I should have asked Jessie whether she had any inkling into her boss's level of guilt when he wasn't paying attention to his homebound kids, because she has a lot. And yes, she's a relatively new mother, but she's wrestling with this constantly. It's amazing how I can feel at the same time like an awful mom, because my one and a half year old has been watching two hours of Sesame Street, and that is more screen time than he ever had in his entire first year of life. And also like an awful colleague because I haven't read the notes in preparation for a meeting. But at the end of the day, if I have to choose one, there is no choice. If I have to choose to be good at one of those things instead of bad at both, I will choose my child and I will do it to the point of bankruptcy. I mean, I will do it until I can't not do it. And I don't want to speak for all women I want to speak for myself. I didn't expect that about motherhood, and it turned out to be true for me. But other people have been forced to make hard decisions because of a parent rather than a child. More and more of us are taking on this kind of caregiving. I know another woman, and I think this is just so important to keep in mind. She's had to make a similar decision because her mother has Alzheimer's. And she doesn't have a partner and she doesn't have children. And she got to the point where her mother needed to, she needed full-time care. And we have seen how the pandemic has decimated care facilities for older people. And so she had to make the difficult choice. Do I stop out of my career for a while to care for my mother? And she's, she's done that. In a world that feels so abnormal, lots of plans just don't seem to fit anymore. Our horizons have shrunk. People began the year thinking about the next thing they wanted to do. Maybe they wanted a career change. Maybe they wanted that big promotion. Maybe they were on the cusp of finally starting their own company. And then in a week, there was a massive swing to safety and security, right? Like all of those questions, maybe they haven't even been murmured since March. And suddenly the question is, can I take care of me? Can I count on being secure? Can I take care of my family? Can I take care of the people who need me? And it's not so much that those career questions went away. It's as if they exist in a different plane in time. And we're not existing in that plane right now. It's just on pause. But will that pause damage women's progress? I think a lot of us are worried about this. Maybe it's too early to tell, but I asked Jesse anyway. So as a journalist, I will tell you that I have no empirical data on the macro trends that might shed any light on this. 
as a woman in the middle of my career, and as someone who is ambitious and wants great things for my own career and for women generally in the workplace, I'm terrified. Economic recessions are moments where companies pull back on all the hard work they have done around diversity inclusion, all the more so during a year when they're being pressed to direct all of their energy on that front toward um, people of color, which they should be doing. But often, women fall through the cracks in that conversation. Now, add to it that women, many women don't even have the energy or the attention to focus on that because they're trying to keep things together at home right now. And yeah, I'm, I'm scared. That said, Jesse points out there are also some hopeful signs for women who may have lost a job or someone who's chosen to step out of the workforce to help her family get through this time. I think that you see women able to see more models of other people who've gone before them and stopped out and stopped back into the workforce. More coaches and specialists who exist to help them do that, programs. You see the beginning of some, I don't want to say it's a playbook, but a sense that, a sense that this doesn't have to be getting off the highway, but rather taking the pause and coming back. And the coming back, by the way, that to my mind is where I went our our, com- our podcast, Hello Monday, as a podcast about the future of work, to really focus its energy. Because the truth is, like, there are a lot of things that we can and should be doing right now that are light lift, that are not hard, that set us up for an easier future transition. Thanks to Jesse Hempel for being my guest on this show. You can hear Jesse's conversation with Mirna, that's the lawyer in Florida who was close to giving up her job. You can hear that in a recent episode of Hello Monday called How to Take a Career Break Without Giving It All Up. In the next few weeks, we're going to continue the discussion of what's going on with our careers right now. I realized that I was getting these subtle messages, you know, from the media. You know, I was always the one that the school reached out to. And if I'm a good mom to my girls right now, I have to really be present for their every need and their every emotional need. But does she? And when your organization's expectations barely change, even when everything else has, it can leave a bitter taste in your mouth. Work did put a lot of pressure on us to work full time from home, despite nearly everyone having small children at home as well. We're back in the office now. I still hold a lot of resentment, though, and they haven't given us an outlet to talk about it yet. But for some companies, the pandemic is an opportunity to get better. Good companies with strong leadership innovate, recreate, leapfrog forward. They're inventing new ways of working, new definitions of flexibility. More perspectives coming up in the weeks ahead. In the meantime, you can always reach me via Twitter or Facebook or by emailing me at ashley at thebroadexperience.com. I'd love to hear from women who don't have children about how your work experience has been during the last several months and from men as well, whatever your family situation. Thanks to all those of you who have supported this one woman show in the past and to those of you who do this every single month. You can contribute to The Broad Experience and make a donation of any size via the support tab 
at thebroadexperience.com. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,